Hey there, boo. I see you, I hear you, I feel you. You're invited to join me, Amber, your host on a journey of embracing a life of intoxicating abundance. I'm so fulfilled by sharing conversations that initiate you to release judgment and deepen your connection with passion. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to awaken the magic of your desires, build confidence as you expand into leadership, and manifest purposeful wealth in all of its forms. We are going to talk about the energetics of all things money, menstruation, and manifestation. Because your ability to accept and receive money is in direct proportion with your level of self-confidence, and your yoni transmutes this confidence. So if you're a witchy woman excited to enrich your life with wealth, womb wisdom, and woo-woo shit, then you've been divinely guided to let go of the distractions that are stopping you from embracing your role as a leader of integrity and confidence. Stick around, boo. Are you ready to be confidently you? Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and it is my mission to make witchy women wealthy. Hmm, been a hot minute. Seems to be happening a lot for me when it comes to this podcast, but I promise that it is with good reason, and I I like to think that I always come back strong every time that I take a little pause, moment to breathe when it comes to this podcast, because... As I've probably mentioned before, I really only come to sit down to this podcast when I'm feeling truly inspired and when the energy has found me because I know that when I'm truly feeling inspired and when the energy is there for me to be here, I know that that is when I am most impactful. I'm really excited to be sitting down here. Admittedly, I'm a little bit nervous. Spoiler alert, if... uh, I'm sure you read the title of this episode, I Think I Manifested a Pregnancy. Spoiler alert, yes, I am pregnant. (laughs) I am, at the time of this recording, I am 12 weeks, 5 days, I want to say. Fridays are my, Fridays are every time I start a new week, and it's Wednesday today, so I'm pretty sure that's like day 5 or it's day 6, I don't really know. Still figuring that stuff out. But yes, I am pregnant, and so I wanted to create an episode to talk about how this pregnancy happened, you know, referring to cycle syncing, menstruation, all the woo-woo stuff that I believe about conception, and I also wanted to give you a little life update. So the last time that I sat down to record a podcast, It was back in October, and I hadn't published any episodes until February. So I had sat down, uh, last podcast, I did a recording with Jen Campbell, and we did a great recording together, but I did not end up publishing that episode until January, because I went through a bit of a dark night of the soul, is what I'm calling it, as the dark night of the soul. And this all relates to the pregnancy story as well. So I guess 
before I talk about my dark night of the soul, let's talk about how the pregnancy manifestation happened because it is quite a long journey. So as you know, I have my firstborn son, Noah. We had him back in November of 2019. And even before we had Noah, we kind of always knew that we wanted to have more children. How many that uh, that number? We, you know, that's, a, that's up in the air and still up for debate at this moment. I'm kind of settling on two when I think realistically about what my energy is capable of uh, managing <laughs> although my partner may may say otherwise he I think he loves kids and I think that uh, if we had more than two I think he'd still be happier than a pig in shit where I'd be starting to get a little bit concerned about how I could manage two kids running around but anyways um, so after Noah was born, it was always talk that we were going to have another child. And for me, my biggest thing was I did not want to have two kids in diapers. So I wanted Noah to be potty trained before we had another child. Well, Noah is potty trained. He is like 99% potty tra trained, excluding at nighttime. So he still wears diapers, uh, diapers to bed, soon to be pull-ups, but other than that, it's very few and far between that he has accidents, so we can go ahead and put a check mark on the box for Noah being potty trained. And about a year ago, um, so let's see, it's April now, so probably actually over a year ago, Jeremy and I started talking about when we want to have our next child. And back in January of this year, so January of 2023, my cousin got married in Mexico and I was a bridesmaid. And I, when Jeremy and I were talking over a year ago about when we were going to plan to have our next child, I said, I do not want to be pregnant in Mexico. I want to be able to have cocktails. I want to be able to have energy. You know, I really want it to be a vacation without any sort of pregnancy symptoms, anything like that. Didn't want to deal with anything pregnancy related when I was going to be on this Mexico trip. And he was totally there with me. He's like, yep, that sounds, that sounds great. No babies until after Mexico. And I thought, well, maybe we could even conceive in Mexico. You know, we'll be on vacation. It'll be, you know, high vibe, we'll be relaxed, you know, all the good shit, right? So that was a talk. And, you know, we even talked about that with our family members because they were kind of asking, like, when are you guys thinking about having another baby? And I was like, definitely not before Mexico. You know, like, everybody knew this. And everybody also knew the possibility about us conceiving in Mexico. And so come October of 2022 so still before the wedding I start to notice myself slipping into what I had mentioned earlier what I was calling a dark night of the soul this was kind of like October early November that sort of era I'm calling it an era for myself and this dark night of the soul lasted a few months for me so we'll just say it started in November. So it was all of November, all of December, and even, even January, 
the Mexico trip was a huge blessing for me. It really, um, I, I totally needed that vacation. But even when I came back from January, I actually found myself, or when I came back from Mexico, I found myself slipping even deeper into that dark night of the soul. I remember seeing to some to some close friends, like, as it turns out, you can't just run away from your life, go on a vacation and come back and have everything be better. I, so that really lasted for me until, until like February. I want to say like early to mid-February, I was really going through that dark night of the soul. And so during that time, so like what my life looked like during that time is, so I was taking my trauma-informed coaching program that super went on a halt for me. I did not touch my program for like two months. Luckily, it is self-paced. I That meant I did miss all of the online or the, um, the live online trainings, but they're recorded. And so that's what I've been watching is the recordings. I missed all of those, which wasn't a big deal to me because even before this dark night of the soul happened, I wasn't even going to the live sessions anyways because I like to be able to pause what I'm watching and to take notes or if I want to be able to rewind something and really take something in. I don't prefer to watch the live recordings, but I, I wasn't able to get to my course. I was not doing anything inside of Confidently You. I really felt apathetic towards my business. I felt like I was lacking passion and I was deeply melancholic frequently. Um, I really didn't find myself socializing very much at all. I was in, in a hermit shell for quite a few months and I found it really hard to engage socially. Um, if you follow me on social media, you'll know that my presence was seriously lacking when it came to social media, I didn't make TikToks for like three months. I didn't post anything to my stories. I didn't make like Instagram posts, nothing. I was just in a really dark place. And ultimately what I'm calling this phase of my life, you know, I'm calling it two things. It was my dark night of the soul, but I think really what it came down to was emotional burnout. I was feeling so emotionally burnt out. I uh, and when I'm looking back and reflecting on that emotional burnout, I feel like it's because I was becoming too attached to the things that I was seeking to manifest. And it's because I put too much pressure on myself to have certain outcomes when it came to my business and the impact that I wanted to make, but also on the flip side of that, my TikTok account grew to 30,000 followers in a very short period of time. And even though, yes, there was positive experiences that came from that, there was gratitude from people that were tuning in, there was also some backlash and there was some haters that I wasn't fully equipped to be able to handle. And I was experiencing some imposter syndrome and I also was realizing that I was lacking some integrity, not realizing it at the time, this is all like in reflection, um, that I was lacking some integrity and wasn't being fully authentic in the way that I was showing up. And so the haters hit that much harder because I wasn't showing up authentically. So by the time that January rolled around, 
and you know people in my family were talking about oh you guys gonna try to have a baby are you gonna you know the wedding's coming up are you gonna are you gonna start trying and I was like nope I am so so not in the right space and energy and mindset and just I'm just not in the right place to have another baby right now despite the fact that for the past probably like eight to ten months like it was like yep we're probably gonna try in Mexico like yep this is what we want totally and come Mexico I was actually really grateful that I was not ovulating when we were there I was just finishing up my period the day that we left and so I was in my follicular phase for the entire trip and I was grateful for that because I was like, okay, good. There is no chance of me getting pregnant while I'm here. <laughs> and well, when we came home, I, I was ovulating, but we were using protection. And we started using protection five days before I started ovulating. And this is the part that I... I, I struggle with a little bit because, as you know, I talk about cycle syncing. I talk about how, you know, ovulation is the time of the month when you are able to get pregnant in your cycle. Um, hormonally, that's the way it operates for you. However, if you do not use protection three to five days before you start ovulating, sperm can live in the female body for up to five days so even if you have unprotected sex during your follicular phase up to five days before ovulation you could still get pregnant so i know all of that and i take precautions to manage that for myself and i did take those precautions to manage that for myself but there are two things that i didn't consider or didn't account for that first thing being that I've noticed that I tend to manifest slowly. And what I mean by this is that I think that this is a comp compilation of me being a projector by human design. So I don't have um, I don't have the sacral center defined. I'm a bit of a slow mover through this life. I tend to absorb life at a slower rate. Um, I only have two centers defined in, in my chart, one of those being the emotional solar plexus, which means that I need to emotionally process things before I make decisions, meaning yet another reason that I digest life a little bit slower. Um, I have a passive and non-specific manifestation style, and because I have seven centers that are open or that are undefined, my energy is literally hardwired to receive, which means I'm not so much the giver. I'm not so much the action taker. I require assistance, input from others and the universe. And that requires waiting. And so that is my reasoning as to why I tend to manifest slowly, but being that passive or having that passive manifestation style, I really only need to declare what it is that I want once and then I can just let it go. And because Jeremy and I had been talking about, you know, getting pregnant, you know, the year prior, I really only had to talk about that once and just wait for it to happen. And so 
yeah, I manifest a little bit slower than some of the generators or many gens or manifestors of the world, but my manifestations are potent and they do eventually happen. So I didn't take that into consideration when it came to my um, my sexuality around uh, this January. So um, technically, uh, so the first day of the last, my last period was January 6th. So January is the month of conception for this pregnancy that happened. And so I really didn't take into consideration that you know, I had been talking about having a baby for a year. And, you know, even though in the past couple of months, I was saying that I don't want to get pregnant. Well, that's not how the subconscious mind works. If I say I don't want to get pregnant, the subconscious does not understand negations. And (laughs) so here I am. (laughs) So that's the first thing. The second thing being, and this is the part that frustrates me a little bit not because not because this number two thing resulted in a pregnancy but just overall women's health that I find frustrating is that I truly believe that we don't we haven't even scratched the surface at beginning to understand conception I feel like there is such a far ways to go for sci- in terms of science when it comes to understanding how babies are made. You know, we understand the menstrual cycle. We understand that ovulation is the time to get freaky and make them babies. But what we don't fully understand is why is it that some women are more fertile than others? You know, why is it that women who try and try and try and try to get pregnant and are having sex when they're ovulating still can't get pregnant and that women who aren't trying can just like get pregnant at the drop of a hat and they may not even be inside that ovulation window and so for me I was using protection every time during ovulation. I was using protection five days before I started ovulating. But even though I took those precautions, I somehow still ended up pregnant. And what my intuition or what my spiritual nature tells me to believe is that, well, we don't, there's a lot we don't understand about conception. And I think that one of the things that I believe is at least true for me and my partner is I think that science hasn't been able to consider the level of erotic connection or erotic love that and the manifesting power between that eroticism of two people. So my partner and I are very deeply connected and when we are intimate with each other, it's deeply intimate, it's deeply erotic and it's deeply passionate because we are very emotionally connected, spiritually, physically connected, like we are very much so in love and that manifests in between the sheets. (laughs) And so I think that when him and I are sexually together, like we literally make magic happen and I don't necessarily have to be ovulating to be impregnated by him. (laughs) We just have to be, we just have to be at that level of eroticism, of eroticism 
to make that manifesting magic happen. And that's not even just considering um, when it comes to making babies. I've talked about um, orgasmic manifestation before on the podcast and how we've incorporated, you know, um, money into our sexual experiences with each other to manifest more money, manifest um, our desires. It's literally sex magic. And I think that that's a, a difficult thing for the scientific community to even study, but does that mean that there isn't validity to it? I don't think so. I think that there is food. I think that there is validity to it. And so that's my food for thought. And so I believe that that is how this, this pregnancy happened. I want to talk about like what this pregnancy has taught me because I feel that there's a lot of lessons leading up to the pregnancy and you know the 12 weeks that have passed by for me so far since becoming pregnant so I guess you can say in the last five months there's been a lot that I've learned about myself and I want to talk about what this pregnancy has taught me and but before I get into that there is one thing that I want to kind of circle back to so in November kind of right when that um dark night of the soul or when that emotional burnout was beginning for me November was an incredible month for money manifestation in my family and uh, like in November my family and I manifested over $24,000 and it really just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what is happening and what is happening in your external reality because I still felt like shit. <laughs> Even though my external reality was amazing for November, I had all of these beautiful manifestations that were finally coming to fruition for me in November. We got a new vehicle, we paid off some debts, we got a new hot water heater. I'm actually going to do a separate episode. If I'm not mistaken, it's going to be the next episode that comes out out of this one, depending on my energy, but um, I'm going to do a whole episode on how that month happened for me, but it really goes to show you that it does not matter what is going on for you in your external reality. In Like, that's not going to change how you feel on the inside. And those November manifestations, they were really a product of past Amber. So we had been manifesting a vehicle for like two years or an SUV for two years. You know, we had been manifesting a hot water heater for a year, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things, those were, those just, those just so happened to come to fruition in November, even though I was feeling like absolute garbage and my energy was just low. That doesn't matter. And so I guess that that is a bit of a caveat or just my way of saying that, hey, you know, even, even millionaires who have these incredible lives or anybody that has an incredible life can still be in a really low state and that's okay. My message to you is what's coming is going and you just have to feel through it and allow yourself to feel those things and have the courage to witness yourself through that through that low point in your life because it will get better. And that really leads to what this pregnancy has taught me. So the first thing that I'll talk about is deep self-compassion. 
holy shit, holy shit, deep self-compassion because this pregnancy has been so much harder for me than my pregnancy with Noah. When I was pregnant with Noah, I was exhausted like the first three months as I'm sure most women experience in their first three months of pregnancy. That is one of the most common symptoms in addition to to nausea is exhaustion. So no secret there, that's the strongest memory that I have from from my pregnancy with Noah. But this pregnancy was different. This was a whole other level of exhaustion. And as I would later find out after going for my first doctor's visit was that I had very low blood pressure. And in addition to that exhaustion that I was feeling, I um, would get fainty. Luckily, I never did actually like faint to the point of um, of unconsciousness, but I could feel these faint spells coming on and I'd have to lay down. I'd have to lay down or else I feel like I would have fainted to the point of unconsciousness. Luckily, I am fortunate enough that I'm home a lot of the time. So I was privileged enough to be able to have a place to go lay down versus versus like working at a job where that may not be an option. But I often had the option to lay down. And so um, I was getting fainty. And I was like extremely hungry all the time. And my food cravings were really weird. Like I was desperate for salt. Like I cannot describe to you how desperate I was for salt. Clamato juice, if you're not from Canada and don't know what Clamato juice is, it's like tomato juice that's really salty. It's very high in MSG, which is not good for you (laughs) and has clam in it. But I love Clamato juice. And I would literally drink a bottle of Clamato juice every day because I was so fucking desperate for salt. It was ridiculous. And I like completely stopped having sugar cravings. My body like completely had zero desire to drink coffee. And I'm normally a habitual coffee drinker. Like All the things that I would normally be doing, my body was just like, nope, you got to get that salt in you and you got to eat that fruit. I was like desperate for these things. And if I didn't eat every 60 to 90 minutes, like I would get those fainting spells. And in addition to all of that, there was a few week period where I was like chronically horizontal and could not do anything. So even though my emotional burnout had, I had, you know, overcome that emotional burnout and I was no longer in that dark night of the soul. I, and I was like really wanting to come back to my business and like start creating things. I literally had zero energy. I'm so fucking grateful for Jeremy and my son because my 100% externally looked like 10%. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. And I felt so bad for my son because here I am, this stay-at-home mom most of the time, and I just I just had to keep the TV on for him. I couldn't do anything with him. I couldn't play. Like I I was completely useless. And I felt really horrible about that. But on the other hand, he was so 
gracious with me and patient with me and even though he's only three years old I feel like he really recognized like whoa mom is sick mom's not doing well and he just did his own thing he'd try to get me to play with him every now and again but he didn't push me and I was so grateful for that and so Jeremy's uh Jeremy had to do the other 90% so he already puts out 100% all day every day and provides for our family but when I was only able to to offer 10% he had to pick up the slack and he was constantly doing 190% for a couple of weeks and I honestly have no idea what I would have done without him he he took such good care of our family and I'm so grateful for him he is an incredible human and I will forever be grateful to him for that and I won't forget that because our family really needed him and he stepped up and so coming back to this idea of deep self-compassion initially there was a lot of self-judgment of like oh Amber you're so useless like why are why is this happening and just like shaming myself luckily I've been doing a lot of inner work and that didn't last a very long time, but I think it was mostly just a lot of disappointment with myself, disappointment that after these, those past couple of months where I wasn't contributing a whole lot towards my business and that I had taken that break and that I had finally felt excited to come back to it. Oh, whoops, haha, jokes on you. You don't have any energy. You can't create anything right now. You just got to sit your ass down and rest. And that was really hard to accept, but I did, and I practiced some deep self-compassion and just, and patience, and just told myself, you are no further ahead and no further behind. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. When the time is right, the time will be right, and you will be able to come back and do the things that you want to do in your own time. Here I am. Here I am now creating this podcast. And frankly, like I wouldn't have been able to come to you with these lessons that I had learned hadn't I given myself that time to rest and to surrender to the process. So that's another thing that this pregnancy has taught me about the value and the power of surrender is that sometimes you just got to fucking take a seat and allow life to happen. You know, as much as I love taking charge and doing the things, there is a time and place where you just got to surrender and let let life play out for you and just be ready to respond to what comes your way and things will happen for you. Surrendering to, I found myself surrendering to like my energetic capacity my energetic capabilities because as I mentioned I was sitting at 10% for a real long ass time and surrendering to allowing people to help me which brings another thing that this pregnancy has really taught me is the value of community asking for help when I so I'm primarily a stay-at-home mom I do my business from home uh, Noah did start going to childcare for a couple of days a week so that I can have some time to myself, but to also work um, work on my business, record these podcasts. He's at childcare right now um, so that I can do that. Um, 
despite that, I really learned the value of community because when I was chronically horizontal for a couple of weeks, you know, some of my role or a big part of my role as being a stay-at-home mom is I naturally do take on a lot of the domestic duties. So I manage our finances. I take on a big portion of the um, the cooking, the cleaning, the getting the groceries, you know, often those typical, stereotypical um mom duties that you know have been like gender role those typical gender roles I do take on a lot of those and that's simply because I am home a lot of the time and Jeremy's out of the house I mean he has his roles too is when he comes home but you know that's just the way it works out in our relationship and I'm totally fine with that and I enjoy taking on those roles but when I was chronically horizontal you know Jeremy was working more because I had to start working less, but even though he was working, you know, 50 to 60 hours a week, he would still come home and be, he'd be, he'd be on total dad duty, he'd be doing cleaning, you know, he'd be taking on my roles, but even though, like, he was putting out 190%, of course, like, things were lacking, because I wasn't be able, I wasn't able to step up and be in my role, and I had to ask for help. I, have a group chat with the ladies in my family and I asked for help and I said you know I've been really unwell uh, oh I also I forgot to mention that I'm in the process of uh, being diagnosed with iron deficiency anemia so that was another like reason why a lot of this was happening for me so yeah um, and that really spoke to a lot of the symptoms that I was experiencing. But anyways, I digress. So I was explaining to them like, hey, like I'm really going through some serious health problems here. Jeremy's really been picking up the slack. But honestly, like I need some help. Kin and also to mention, I was super emotional when I was sending this to them. Like it was it was really hard to ask for help, but I knew that I needed it. And so... I said, or I suggested, do you ladies think that you can come over this Sunday and spend a few hours here um, doing some cleaning around the house? Like, that would be so helpful. And they were all, they received that so well. They were all so kind to me and so generous with their love and their energy. Um, they, like five of them came over and spent hours at my house doing some deep cleaning and my cousin and my aunt bought me a bunch of cleaning supplies and my aunt bought me a steam mop, which is super fucking cool. I am loving my new steam mop and just bought me a whole bunch of stuff. And I felt so blessed and so grateful that, and really proud of myself that I was brave enough to ask for help. Because in the past, I would have just suffered in silence. And I feel like it also extended the invitation to some of those women that, you know, when you need help, it's okay to ask for help. And they were all saying to me, I'm so glad that you asked for help. And I, and I think that it inspired them to realize, you know, you can ask for help too. Because my Auntie Velvet, who normally never asks for help... I had made the suggestion, what if we did this monthly for each other? What if we like once a month went to somebody's house and took turns and like did tasks around the house that needed to be done that you couldn't do by yourself? And she was like, well, I don't really need help cleaning, but there are projects 
that need to be done. And she, you know, I started to notice the cogs like turning in her head like, oh, yeah, what if I got help? (laughs) So value of community, that was like a huge thing. And I also, a friend of mine, actually, she's been on the podcast before, uh, Tessa Tenio, who is a women's health practitioner. She is currently nine months pregnant at the time of this recording. And she taught me about this idea called the meal train that I am totally going to be implementing um, come the time that my new baby will come around. But this meal train idea is that it's a website and you set up different days that people can bring food to your house. So she's got this meal train set up because she's about to deliver her baby where people can be bringing meals or they can be bringing by like uh, gift cards to restaurants or gift cards to like skip the dishes so that you can get food delivery. So that is like a huge responsibility like lifted off of her chest because now she doesn't have to worry about like that's a huge mental load. Planning meals, like fuck, that's a big job. Because <laughs> not it's not just the planning, it's the grocery shopping. And when you have kids, it's way more challenging to do meal planning because you have to consider, okay, is my kid gonna eat this? <laughs> it's a fucking challenge. And so that is a huge mental and then plus the cooking itself. You know, that could potentially take hours every day. Sometimes it's faster than that, but sometimes it's not. And so that is a huge responsibility that she gets to relieve from herself with this whole meal train idea. And so I love that idea. And that is just yet another thing about adding to the value of community that I am really excited about. This pregnancy has also taught me to value my health. As I said, you probably know that uh, energy is my number one value. And health is a huge contributor to how functional your energy is. And so because I value energy, of course I value health. And not having my physical health to call upon for, for a while, once it came back, it was like, wow, I am not going to take this for granted. I am so appreciative to have my health back, to have my physical energy back. Because when I didn't have it, it fucking sucked. It sucked. And so I have such a greater appreciation for my health and the magic and miracle that is my body and all that it does for me and what it's creating for me and my family. That, yeah, that's about all I'm going to say about that. But that has been a huge thing for me. Now, these last couple of lessons here are particularly interesting and intriguing for me. So, as you know, I talk about cycle syncing a lot. And, you know, we've got the four phases of the cycle, menstrual, follicular, ovulation, and luteal. And how each of those different phases of your cycle have a different superpower within them. Now, As I have been progressing through this pregnancy, it's been a very curious thought of mine as to how those energies may still play out throughout a pregnancy. Because I didn't know about cycle syncing when I was pregnant with with Noah. I didn't learn about cycle syncing until I I think I was about six months pregnant with Noah-ish when I found out about cycle syncing. 
And so before I was pregnant with him before, like I didn't know about the different hormonal fluctuations. I didn't know anything about that shit. And so I didn't know to pay attention to or to be curious about how that might change throughout pregnancy. And so I have been paying attention to that now. And I have a bit of a theory about how, of course, this is not fact. This is totally just me, you know, experimenting away here. But I have a theory that pregnancy is simply an extended duration of the menstrual cycle. So the cycle goes menstrual, follicular, ovulation, luteal. And pregnancy has four distinct um, four distinct trimesters. You have the first, second, third, and fourth trimester. First trimester is the first 12 weeks of your pregnancy. Second trimester is like week 13 to week 25, I want to say. Could be week 30. Don't quote me on that. And third trimester is like the last 15 to 10 weeks. So whatever, that's 25 uh, to 30 weeks until you're 40 weeks pregnant. Then the fourth trimester is postpartum. So the healing afterward, um, after having a baby, the, the transition into that motherhood or that transition into caring for your second, third, fourth, fifth child, etc. And so my little theory goes here, and this is totally like based on my own experience on what I've experienced this pregnancy, but also from what I can recall um, memory-wise from my first pregnancy. So first trimester, I am declaring is the menstrual phase. And when I say that, I don't mean that hormonally speaking, because obviously you don't have the menstrual cycle hormones going on when you are pregnant. You are pumping out the progesterone uh, when you're pregnant. But what I do mean by that is the energetic qualities of the menstrual cycle. And so this is like the need for rest and the energy of receiving and intuition being strong. And so, and because before, so with this last pregnancy, I, I quote unquote, knew I was pregnant before I knew I was pregnant. So before I missed my period, I was like doing a meditation or something like that before bed and this inner voice in me said, you're pregnant. Like it was a loud, profound voice that said to me, you're pregnant. And the ego or the inner child in me immediately went into defense mode. It was like, no, she's not. No, she's not. That's not a thing. Because remember, I was telling myself I don't want to get pregnant and the immediate defense flared up in me. And so I was very interestingly observing this conversation going on inside of me while I was doing this meditation. It was very strange that I was just able to watch it and I could look, I could listen to these two voices talking to each other. The voice of my higher self and the voice of my inner child. So I had a really strong, and then of course, a few days later, I missed my period and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> and here we are. And so as you know, 
as this first trimester has been ending to me for me and you know I was having those health issues and how I just needed to deeply rest I really equate that with the energy of of menstruation and now as I'm into my second trimester my energy is back I'm feeling powerful and this is typical or at least it's common for women to experience. Now, of course, my heart it goes out to any women that experience that first trimester energy throughout their entire pregnancy or women that have like chronic nausea. I forget what it's called when like women have nausea throughout their whole pregnancy and they like just cannot keep anything down, like even liquids and they have to go on medication. There's a special name for that. I can't remember what it's called. But my, so my heart goes out to women that where that is their reality, but that was not my reality. For both pregnancies now, once second trimester came along, it was like, boom, okay, energy's back. Let's get back to like creating. Let's get back into like starting tasks. And I'm really equating that with like the excitement, the adventure, the naivete, that like those ideas that, you know, I was really giving myself time to think on during the first trimester so I'll also say when I was like even though I was resting a lot I was still getting ideas during the first trimester even though I could certainly could not act upon them I was still getting ideas I had podcast ideas I have social media posts where I've just dotted down jotted down ideas like oh I want to talk about that oh I want to talk about that I can't create it right now but I want to talk about that I had all of these ideas come to me during Um, during the first trimester and now I finally feel myself putting those things into action and that is so exciting for me and so I'm really equating that with the follicular phase and how that's going to like transition into ovulation like birthing things getting these ideas out there and like creating things in my home to like prepare for the birth of my baby etc so i really equate the second trimester of pregnancy to like a blend of the follicular and ovulation phase ooh i'll also add in here i've been working out again i've been going to the gym and so i started going to the gym in november and you know for like 6 weeks in february march I had to stop going to the gym because of my health concerns, but you know, now I've got my energy back and I can start going to the gym again and doing some like birth prep workouts, pregnancy safe workouts, and it feels so good to move my body in the way, in that way, which again, equating that with the follicular and ovulation phases of your cycle. So then the third trimester, so again, don't quote me on this, I want to say that's 25 week and onwards or 30 weeks and onwards, I can't remember, but it's the last stage of your pregnancy and this is really when, well at least what I can remember from when I was pregnant with Noah, that's when the serious nesting vibes kicked in where I was like prepping all of the clothes that had been donated to us and like getting the nursery ready and like putting all of the clothes in drawers and you know etc etc cleaning the house from top to bottom getting in the nooks and crannies of everything like major nesting vibes that's totally equatable with the luteal phase like am I right I'm right I and so I really feel like those past couple of months of pregnancy is really like an extension of the luteal phase and I'm very curious 
and excited to see if this theory proves out to be true for me as you know I will move into the last uh, stage of my pregnancy in the third trimester. I'm very curious as to how that's going to play out for me um, because I'm, I'm sure those nesting vibes will kick in at some point. And then fourth trimester, so postpartum. This is the menstrual phase again. So here we come full circle with the cycle. This is when you are meant to receive. This is when you are meant to rest. Granted, this is also a major giving phase because you are um, you're giving to your newborn baby, but outside of your new mama duty, so breastfeeding if you're choosing to breastfeed or pumping if you're choosing to pump or bottle feeding, whatever it is that you're choosing, outside of your immediate duties of being a mom, uh, to a newborn, everything else in your life, you're here to receive. So luckily, I've been privileged enough to have care and to be able to receive care, at least when it came to my first pregnancy, and I'm sure it's going to happen for this next one. But, you know, I didn't have to concern myself with cleaning the house and, you know, cooking a bunch of meals. I did happen to end up doing a lot of those things because I wanted to, but people totally brought meals over. Family members totally brought food over. They totally came over and helped with like stuff around the house, caring for Noah, letting me rest, letting me take a shower so that I could like be human. Like I was definitely in some major receiving energy and holy shit does your mama intuition kick in postpartum if you're a new mama or soon to be a new mama and you're listening to this trust yourself that energy is gonna kick in that intuition is gonna kick into high gear and you got this mama you got it because I'll never forget my first major mama win because you know when you become a first-time parent you're fucking scared you are so scared. You're like, am I going to fuck this up? Am I going to be able, like, am I doing things right? Am I taking care of my baby properly? I'll never forget my first mama win. And Noah was maybe like three or four days old. And um, I was a pro swaddler, by the way. If you don't know what swaddling is, it's like a certain uh, method or technique of wrapping your baby up in a blanket. And I was like, I was pro. That was like one of the things I was super good at was swaddling. And so I was always excited when I got to swaddle Noah. And there was one time where Noah was three or four days old and I had swaddled him up real good. And um, I was trying to prevent him from scratching his face because he was a bit of a face scratcher. And so I had tucked his arms into the blanket so that he couldn't touch his face. But that also meant that he couldn't have his hands touching each other. And so there was three to four days and he started like getting real fussy when I had swaddled him. I was like, what's going on, buddy? Like, what can I do for you? What can I do? You're clearly uncomfortable. Like, what's going on? And he just kept on like, cringing like back and forth he was like swaying back and forth and it suddenly clicked for me oh he's trying to touch his hands together he's trying to just be able to hold his own hands and so the moment that I released his hands from the swaddle he fell asleep instantly stopped crying instantly happy fell asleep 
And I like my soul lit on fire because I was like, oh my God, I was right. I have, I, I did something right. Oh my God. And it was like, I actually cried. I was so happy because, you know, when those wins for you happen, it was like, shit. Okay. Okay. I got this. I can do this. And I felt so proud of myself and was so grateful for my mama intuition kicking in. So that really comes into that idea of like, okay, fourth trimester, postpartum, that menstrual energy, that energy of the wise woman, the powerful intuition and the energy of receiving. So that's my whole long story about how this theory that pregnancy is an extension of the menstrual cycle. I'm both excited that so far what I've experienced this pregnancy has proven to be true and both curious and excited to see how the rest of it is going to play out for me as the rest of the pregnancy goes on. And the last lesson that this pregnancy has taught me is all about integrity and showing up authentically. So after I found out that I was pregnant, I had a really hard time making content and showing up on social media because I talk about the menstrual cycle so much and I often lead with or talk about where I'm at in my cycle when making my content. And because I was pregnant, obviously I wasn't experiencing a menstrual cycle anymore and so it felt really inauthentic for me to try and create any sort of content because I couldn't talk about those things without saying that I'm pregnant. And I didn't want to share with the world that I was pregnant. I wanted to keep that to myself until I had had my first ultrasound, which we finally had um, three days before I, before I became 12 weeks. I wanted, I wanted to have some assurance. I wanted to quote unquote meet or see my baby before I shared with the world that I was pregnant. And that was the choice that I wanted to make for myself. But that really um, affected how I showed up on social media. I just felt like I couldn't show up authentically. I couldn't show up with integrity if I didn't tell everybody that I was pregnant. And so I just naturally defaulted to not showing up because it wouldn't have felt good for me to create anything because I wouldn't have been able to talk about the things that I really wanted to talk about. And now, so I announced my pregnancy almost a week ago, and now I feel like, okay, the energy's here. The the feeling of authenticity, the feeling of integrity is back. I can finally still talk about menstruation, but I can talk about it through the lens of pregnancy, and I can talk about being pregnant and it feels really good to just be myself because I couldn't I didn't feel like I could be myself because I couldn't talk about being pregnant and so that's really added this whole other dimension for me of understanding and this whole other integration of being able to understand what it really means to have integrity and to show up show up authentically and I'm very excited that that emotional burnout has, has, it happened for a reason. There was lessons to be learned. 
I'm glad that I have overcome that hurdle and that that phase of my life is over and that I have a newfound sense of energy and that I'm excited to show up more and create more and that I get to be here for for you and create more content. So thank you very much for listening to this episode and the updates and the insights that I shared with you. As mentioned earlier in the episode, I think the next one I'm going to be recording is about how we had that incredible month for manifestation in November and I'm excited to share with you all of the incredible things that happened for me in November despite the fact that I was going through emotional burnout. I'm excited. So I'm going to record that episode next and have that be the next one that comes out. So if you found this episode inspiring or if you have some feedback, like if you're pregnant right now and have some feedback about my theory about the pregnancy um, extension of the menstrual cycle, I would so freaking love to hear from you, um, whether that be email amber at confidentlyyou.ca or you can feel free to DM me on Instagram or if you want to, you know, post something to your Instagram or Facebook story and tag me in it, whatever, like... I, I would so love to hear your feedback and what your experience is like based on my little theory that I have going on here or just any sort of feedback that you have about this episode. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to share a screenshot of this episode to your social media and I would also super love and appreciate a review if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. I am so grateful for you and I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Mwah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Each message that I share is enriched with expansive, passionate, and purposeful energy. If you felt awakened to your evolution, Please pass on that energy by downloading, subscribing, and sharing on your favorite social platform. Click the links in this episode to enroll in the Confidently You freebie library and subscribe to the Confidently You email list to receive updates about the podcast and all of my offerings. And be sure to follow at confidently.amber on TikTok and Instagram for more daily and easily digestible messages that awaken your inherent abundance. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude and I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. That's it for now, boo. Now go make some fucking magic.